0: Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to Sports Box. I'm your host Jude, as always, and we're here back for another podcast, and a very exciting one. One that I've been, I've been waiting to do. One that I've done plenty of research on, and, and just, just a lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of stuff um, that, that that has gone into this. And it's taken me a while to really, you know, kind of create this one because. This one's reaching so far back in history with so many timelines, so many great players, and really deciding, am I right? Am I wrong? And so finally, I've come to the conclusion that I'm just going to make this because I feel at this moment in time, I have my mind made up about it. Now, I've been pretty vague about what I'm talking about, but that's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Now, I'm not here to bash and completely destroy the Pro Football Hall of Fame because with no doubt, it is probably the highest honor you can receive as an NFL player um or any nfl you know executive coach uh hell if you're an officiating if you're a, if you're a nfl referee we saw this year you can get a bid to be in the pro football fame so i'm not i'm not dissing it in any way that it is you know not an honor to be in the pro football hall of fame but i think in recent years we definitely have seen this this sort of trend of guys that haven't made it that should have made it right that they, they, they really i mean it's like How do you not put this guy in here, right? How how do you how do you mess this up that bad? Um, And so today, I finally want to talk about because of the twenty twenty two Pro Football Hall of Fame class that uh, was released um, right before the Super Bowl. Now, this class was in. in, 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 So here's the thing. Here, Here here's why I'm bringing this up because. When people first looked at the class, they said, "Okay, Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, Louis Roy Butler, Sam Mills, and Richard Seymour. Those are the five players to make it in the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year." You, you you look at that, and if if you really don't watch football at all, you are like, "One, who who the hell are any of those dudes? Right? Who are any of these dudes?" Um, but two, and it's like, I think the biggest thing is there is always going to be that thing of, "Man, you left this guy out, you left that guy out." But this year specifically, it was like wow you left that guy out and you left this guy out um and so i i think that was the biggest the biggest thing i definitely saw uh from this pro football fan but the reason i said it took time because i really wanted to learn about the players who really made it and and, and really just be like okay let me take a step back and not be from the biased perspective of oh i know more of these recent players so they should have made it Um, uh, rather than Oh wow! I mean, they should have really made it, and these old players, whatever it's they played in the '70s, '80s. They it doesn't take as much talent, which it which it did, and so that that's the, that's why it took me a little bit of time to really learn about these players who made it, so I could have more of a appealing case for the guys that didn't make it, if that makes sense. So I want to start with the receiver position, specifically Cliff Branch, um, because I, I I think I have two guys um and arguably one guy who definitely should have made it um and then another guy who you can argue but i i think i have two receivers this year who were snubbed and didn't make it um and definitely should have made it that definitely without a doubt should have made it um and but i want to start with cliff branch because i don't think a lot of people know cliff branch but cliff branch was a hell of a player uh he played from 1972 to 1985 um was always a raider um He posted 8,685 yards in his career, 67 touchdowns, um, and over 501 receptions. And just if you want to know, he had 11 attempts for 70 yards, um, and his longest rush ever in his career was 20 yards. Just an interesting set if you want to know anything more about Cliff Branch. But I looked more into Cliff Branch, and I said, okay, there is a case for him. There is is actually a big case for him. Because when I think of Pro Football Hall of Fame, in my criteria, and I'm going to make this quick... If you are, for me, for me, for me, to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you have to be either the best or one of the best, which is, to me, top five player of your decade at your position, of your decade at your position. That doesn't mean you have to be the best, but you have to be one of the best. And it helps. And I, it, as I've learned through research, it has helped if you have a, a period of time where you were the most dominant player, it doesn't have to be for the full decade, but if you have a period of time where you were truly the most dominant player, I, I, I love you so much more and I think you should get the bid. So that's why this Cliff Branch one is very interesting because Cliff Branch, like I like I mentioned stats, over 8,000 yards, 67 touchdowns in his career, you know, 13 years, but great career, right? But uh, he also, if if we want, if you want to look at more of the accolades, he had four, He was a four-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and three-time Super Bowl champ. Um, but Cliff Branch, between 1974 and 1976, was the most dominant receiver at the time. He had 157 catches, uh, 3,096 yards, and 34 touchdowns. And in those, his three yardage and touchdown totals are the highest for any receiver in the 1970s. So that three year, that three year stint where he went 157 for 3096 and 34 touchdowns was by far the most dominant, including later years with a 16 game schedule. So you look at that and say, okay, well, man, you, you kind of just made the case for Cliff Branch to make it. Well, I did. But there's guys better. There's guys better now. His stats this is where I kind, it kind of loses me with Cliff Branch because while that's that stint of 3 years is remarkable remarkable there, there's no denying over 150 catches over 3000 yards over 34 34 touchdowns re, re, there's no denying that but, but his his receiving yards in a 13 year career ranks to be 82nd of all-time receiving year, all-time all-time receiving yards in a career 82nd, which I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that is low, okay? That is extremely low for a Hall of Fame guy, right? Yes, he has the Pro Bowls. Yes, he has the All-Pros. Yes, he has the Super Bowl, but to be 82nd in receiving yards, that's a reach to me. But I want to get into this. I want to get into these two guys, and I'm going to be brief with Reggie Wayne because I think Reggie Wayne is the one guy that I look at and say, okay, there is a case to have Cliff Branch over. But I wouldn't even I wouldn't even go as that far. Reggie Wayne is, Reggie Wayne in his career posted 14,345 yards, which is 10th all time in receiving yards, 82nd touchdowns, 82 touchdowns, I should say, which is 27th all time, six time pro bowlers, six time pro bowls, which is more than Cliff Branch, one time all pro, which is less, and one Super Bowl. Everybody between one through nine in all time receiving yards, in all time receiving yards is in the Hall of Fame, is in the Hall of Fame, one through nine. Now, the, the, the only exception is Larry Fitzgerald, but I, I kind of already included him in the sense that, well, that dude's going to be in it. I mean, there's no way. If you're if you're second in all-time receiving yards, you're going to be in it. So I just I just wanted to be clear about that. But one through nine, everybody is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How do you not give the guy 10th? 10th. How do you not give him a bid? I mean, that to me doesn't make sense. How do you not give him a bid? And it wasn't like, you know, and here's the thing. Look, you could say Reggie Wayne had Peyton Manning. Okay, Cliff Branch had Ken Stabler. I mean, both Hall of Fame quarterbacks. um, And both had phenomenal tight ends, right? Reggie Wayne had Dallas Clark at the time. and, And Cliff Branch had Dave Casper. Both Hall of Fame tight ends. So... Their situations were almost similar, but Reggie Wayne, while you know, they, they didn't win as much. And you could say, well, I mean, man, I mean, the, the Colts struggled against the Patriots, right? They 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 just, Peyton Manning could not have his way with Tom Brady his whole career. So there, there does go into that effect. But Reggie Wayne was still one of the best receivers in those 2000s. And to be 10th in all-time receiving yards and to... to be not in the Hall of Fame and a guy over you is 82nd in receiving yards and is 6,000 yards short of yours, that raises some questions. And he also has 15 less career touchdowns than Reggie Wayne. Um, So to me, that's like, what are we doing here and Reggie and they both played 13 years so it's like okay they both played 13 years both had the same situation both had pro hall of fame quarterbacks both had hall of fame you know tight ends um phenomenal coaches Madden and Dungy like what are we doing here what like how what are we missing here right what what are we missing or what am I missing that puts cliff harris over reggie wayne now the next guy i want to get into because to me that's where the similar situation you could kind of debate that you could debate that but to me the guy that got snubbed the worst out of the receiver group was andre johnson andre johnson should be in the hall of fame and there is a point blank period i don't even think i need to discuss this but i'm going to so you could be educated but he should be in the pro football hall of fame without a doubt without a doubt there is not a doubt in my mind that says Oh, Andre Johnson's not a Hall of Fame. 14,000 yards, to be more exact, 14,185 yards, which is 11th all-time in receiving yards for a career, 70 touchdowns, seven Pro Bowls, two all-pros. Do I need to make more of a case? Oh, he's 6'3", 230 pounds. But here's where it really gets me, and in kind of what I want when I, you know, when I talked about earlier, he has to be to, to really make it, you gotta have those dominant years. You gotta have those dominant years, and you really gotta be the best player, or not one of the best players of your position for a decade. Well, Andre Johnson took that quite literally. Um and it's funny that Andre Johnson and Cliff that I'm debating this too because I talked about Cliff Branch in this, this, this three-year three stint that he had of 3,096 yards and 34 touchdowns with 157 passes. Well, are you guys ready? Andre Johnson did that in two years. In fact, he had more yards in two years. He had, in 2008, in 2009, Andre Johnson, and I, you could debate a wall, was the best receiver in the NFL, was the best receiver in the NFL. 2008, 1,575 yards, 12 touchdowns. 2009, 1,596 yards, nine touchdowns. Do you know what that comes out to be? 3,144 yards and 21 touchdowns in two years. Two years. He did that. Two years. That, I mean, here's the thing, right? We see players in the NFL now where it's like, man, they have an amazing season. But consistently, can they keep that up? And consistently, can they do it 1,500 to back-to-back 1,500? No. And that's what makes Andre Johnson so special at this time. Look, Reggie Wayne had 1,500 yards in 2007. The next year, 1,145 yards, 400-yard drop-off. Andre Johnson that said, I'm not having none of it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 1,500 back-to-back. And I'm going to have 21 touchdowns too. And he did that. And he did that. And to me, that's what's the most impressive thing. And you want you want to know what's even more impressive? That he he was doing this well on the Houston Texans. And I, I know there's a lot of disrespect on this channel for the Houston Texans. And rightfully so. I mean, they, they've been a pretty poorly ran organization. They really haven't got their feet off the ground ever. Um, but in those two years that Andre Johnson was on that team, they were bad, right? I mean, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. In 2009, they were 9-7. and seven. You know, finishing third, fourth. Four third, four third, in the AFC South. This team was not going anywhere. But the one bright spot was Andre Johnson. Was Andre Johnson? Was really? I mean, when your quarterback is Matt Schaub, and you know, no disrespect, Matt Schaub, because he's he's a well-to-do quarterback, right? Two-time Pro Bowler, but with Matt Schaub. There's a drop-off from Peyton Manning and Ken Stabler to Matt Schaub. A huge drop-off, I should say. Huge drop-off. To post those type of yards with that type of quarterback play. And to really have no one else on the team to help you at all. I mean, you got got to look at this Texans team in 2008. The, The next guy was Kevin Walter with 899 yards. And, I mean, there was no one on this team. And he still posted those yards. So, to take... That situation and become the most dominant player in the league is crazy. It's crazy because teams looked at the Texans and were like, okay, all we got to do is guard Andre Johnson. And they couldn't. And they couldn't. Week in and week out, they couldn't. So to me, that's the mic drop for Andre Johnson. And and that's why he should be in the Hall of Fame over Cliff Harris. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that says, yeah, let me put Cliff Harrison over Andre Johnson. But I want to get to one last guy because this is probably – well, I, I think Audrey Johnson is a pretty big one, but I think DeMarcus Ware is, is the biggest miss that we, we're we ever going to talk about because, my God, to not put DeMarcus Ware in this year's class is my, beyond mind-boggling. But I like insanity. I mean, it is insane to not put him in. DeMarcus Ware, in his career with both the Broncos and Cowboys, was a nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, one-time Super Bowl champ, and he was in the Hall of Fame All-2000s team. Well, you say, okay, how did he get that? Well, he did that with 657 total tackles, 138 sacks. Uh, he also holds the Cowboys record for 101 117 sacks, which is the Cowboys record, 35 forced fumbles, and 229 quarterback hits. Now, let me tell you the guys that made it over him. Richard Seymour, defensive end, played from 2001 to 2012. Okay. He had a combined total of 498 tackles in 57 sacks. Okay, I'll read you the next guy Sam Mills, 12,655 tackles, 20 sacks, and 11 interceptions. Look, I'm not I'm not dissing these guys and saying, oh, Sam Mills wasn't fantastic. He was a hell of a linebacker, right? He was a hell of a linebacker from the 86 to 97, right? There, there, is, there is no denying that. He's a five-time pro bowler, one-time all-pro, and then you have Richard Seymour, who's a seven-time pro bowler, three-time all-pro, three-time Super Bowl champion. In fact, he was on the Hall of Fame all-2000s team too. Both those dudes are uh, remarkable in their own way, but to not put a guy who has 138, career sacks. 657 tackles, which is, by the way, 200 more than Richard Seymour has. And I'd say 80 more sacks than Richard Seymour has. Um, Has also 35 forced fumbles. 35 forced fumbles and 229 quarterback hits. I mean, you got to... I don't know if if they forgot that DeMarcus Ware was available to put in this year's class. I don't know what it was. But it's a crime. It is a crime to not have DeMarcus Ware in the 2022 Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is a crime. It it, it is an absolute crime. It is a a national emergency. It really should have been a national emergency when they heard that he was not on the, the finalist. So I rest my case. DeMarcus Ware and Andre Johnson should honestly be in this class. Andre Johnson should replace Cliff Branch. <coughs> and and I, I think DeMarcus Ware should replace Richard Seymour. I think Sam Mills keeps his bid. He was a linebacker. I, I don't think that's fair if I replace him because two different positions. But if, if, if you're really putting Richard Seymour defensive end over another defensive end who had significantly a better career, um, maybe he didn't have as many Super Bowls. But he had 80 more sacks in him, 200 more tackles in him, more f- forced fumbles in him. I mean, it's absurd not to even. It's just absurd not to do that. Um, and then yes, I would I would take Andre Johnson over Cliff Branch in a heartbeat. So anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. As always, I hope you I hope you guys enjoyed this. This was pretty fun to make. This was honestly really fun to make. So thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. As always, I'm really James.